You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome back. I hope all of you are doing well and staying positive, but even if you aren't feeling positive right now, that is okay also. This is definitely a time to be kind to yourself. I know for me personally, in this past week, as we've been kind of in self-isolation and quarantine, some days I have felt good and I've woken up and organized my closet and spent a lot of extra time on my skincare and just got a lot of stuff done. And then some days I kind of just felt like blah, like just kind of went through the motions of the day, was exhausted by 6 p.m. and just watched Netflix all night. And I think that's okay to allow yourself to have those times. I think we all get energy from different sources. I'm someone who gets energized by being around other people and going out and doing things and talking to people. So it's been hard for me to kind of keep my energy levels up during this time. I am here with my whole family, as you guys heard from the last episode. But I, yeah, I miss my friends. I miss socializing. I miss getting dressed up with a place to go. (laughs) You know, that's a very simple thing, but it's a small, small sacrifice. People are really struggling at this time. And I just try to be grateful for my health and grateful for job security and to not focus on the negative aspects, but instead just think about how grateful I am. I have been really slacking on my fitness. So a lot of you are doing these incredible at-home workouts. You guys are going on Instagram Live and doing workouts. You're just following along with YouTube. A bunch of people DM'd me and said that they've been doing the Nike Training Camp app. That's a fabulous app. I used to do that all the time. I like forgot about it. Nike Training Camp. It's totally free. The best workouts ever. But a lot of you are doing your at-home workouts. Now, I will admit, while I have been cooking really great nourishing meals for myself and I've been on top of my skincare, I have just let working out just totally slip. I have like not been on it. So my goal for the days ahead is to wake up and just do 30 minutes of exercise. Today was day one. I'm on an upward trajectory. I feel like I will have the energy to do it tomorrow, but I really do need to make sure that I'm making exercise a part of my life during this time. I'm still doing my walks in the evening, but those walks are like about 3,000, 4,000 steps. I try to get my 10,000 steps in a day. So I will be focused on working out. Now, today's episode with Zoe Foster Blake, 
of go to skincare is phenomenal because she is someone who does not take beauty too seriously. She is someone who started go to skincare because she wanted a skincare line that had a more fun, less serious approach to beauty and skincare. She also describes herself as a selfish founder because she created the products that she wanted for her own skin. And I am someone who is not easily impressed by many skincare lines. As you guys know, I have tried a lot. I am like very, very picky about ingredients. I'm like reading the labels of everything very diligently. But go-to skincare is probably one of my favorite skincare lines that I've discovered in the past year or so. It's just really phenomenal. I've talked about Fancy Face a lot. That is their cleansing oil. That's great. And then their facial oil, Face Hero, is just so nourishing and wonderful. Which brings us to the title of this episode, Nourishing, Calming, Soothing Skincare. That is what it's all about. Every time you do your skincare, you should feel like you're treating it not harming it, not stripping it. Things shouldn't burn. Things shouldn't make you red. And I love just hearing Zoe talk about creating products that help to do that. And also her mission about taking away the intimidation factor of skincare. Like skincare can be so unnecessarily intimidating for people. So naming products, very useful face cream. I think that's brilliant. People should know what a product is from the moment they pick it up. Some of these product names are so complicated. You're like, what does this even do? And how should I even be using it? So I love this episode. I love Zoe's message. And you guys know I love an accent. She's got a wonderful Australian accent. So that was a joy to listen to for our whole conversation. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. I'm at Brick DeVard on all social platforms and the community for this very podcast, this beauty community. It's at Naked Beauty Planet. I hope you join us. If you are new to the show, take a moment to subscribe. If you love the show, a rating and review is always appreciated. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I am here with Zoe Foster-Blake. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. How long are you in New York for? Uh, probably only five days altogether. Okay. And then you have that flight back to that flight back. Australia. Yes. I went to Sydney once on my way to Bali because I was like, if I'm going all the way to Bali, I might as well stop. Good. And I loved it. It's like incredible. I want to go back. Yeah, you should. Everyone here is like, it's so far. I'm <laughs> like, we do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, true. It's weird how it used to a 24 hour flight you can get. But yeah, Sydney, Melbourne. I'm from Melbourne now, but they're both wonderful cities. I really want to make sure that I get back. So, you are from a town that I hope I can pronounce it correctly. <laughs> Bundanoon? Got it. Okay. Yeah. What's that like? Perfect. It's tiny. It's small. It's in the bush. So like the national park is all around and it was about a thousand people when I was growing up. So, I mean, we we're close to towns. My high school was like 15 minutes away by car, but it was free range and quite feral and just, you know, I was one of many kids and we didn't have a TV and we were... um we didn't have much money. So everything we grew in the garden, we ate. And my father's a writer as well. And my mom works in a maximum security men's prison, which is a really full on job. Fascinating. Yeah, it really is fascinating. Like the more I get to know what she actually does, the more I'm like, how can you do that? 40 years she's been doing it. Wow. So yeah, a very interesting childhood. Okay. And, And now you have this incredible 
line, Go To Skincare yes. and Grow To yes. for kids. Yes. And you've written a ton of books. Yes. And you were a beauty editor. I mean, you've got deep, deep, deep ties into the beauty industry. Yeah. Did you like skincare growing up? Is it something that you were into? I didn't have much to do with it, to be honest. I was lucky to have, I didn't really get breakouts and the okay. classic teenage hormonal skin. But I copied what my best friend did and she did. So I was using everything she was using, even though I absolutely didn't need it. I would use the toner, the witch hazel (laughs) stuff, the oatmeal scrubs. Like I just wanted to be part of it. I liked that she had a ritual and even though I didn't need it, I did it anyway. Just because it was fun. It looked fun. Yeah. Yeah. She got to wear a headband and it seemed really grown up, even though we were 13. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back to your mom working in this maximum security prison because (laughs) Did you grow up seeing her do beauty and makeup? Like, was there was there a value placed on beauty when you were growing up? That's an interesting question because I never thought about that. But she deliberately dressed down to yeah. go to work. Well, I'm yo, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, that's not the place where you want to no. look. No, uh, sexy. <laughs> no, and she's a very attractive woman, and so she'd just wear like frumpy tracksuits and no hair and makeup. But I would notice that on the weekend, or even if she'd made a beautiful meal, she'd always put on lipstick and perfume and mascara, and that was about it for her. She was pretty low key. I think she had like one. Helena Rubinstein eyeshadow palette. Okay, yeah. And like Revlon lipstick and her perfume, but she, she wasn't a big makeup wearer at all. Okay. So what, what gave you the bug? Was it your friend? Do you know what? I think the bug honestly came when I started working as beauty editor at Cosmo. I mean, I had a bit going on, like I'd straighten my hair or I'd wear terrible eyeshadow that I thought was wonderful, like mint colors. <laughs> Sounds actually very chic. <laughs> yeah, back now, yeah. But I didn't have any education there. And when I wrote my book, Amazing a Face, which was a compilation of all my beauty tips and tricks, I challenged women. I say, where did you learn beauty? Who taught you and what what credentials did they have? Like right. I learned most of my makeup from a girl in the bathrooms at high school. Who made her the genius of makeup? Like <laughs> I probably learned terrible things. But so I wrote the book because I'm like, I think everyone just should have the basics, right? Good skincare, basics of makeup mm-hmm. and hair. Now, obviously, of course, that was, you know, oh God, 2011 that came out. There's YouTube. And it's a beautiful visual medium, so everyone can learn in their bedrooms Mm. and we're so much better off for it. (laughs) I still love books, though. Yeah. I do think there's something special about having a beauty book. It's nice. I agree. And the greats, you know, the Bobby Brown books, all of those books. I loved those. Kevin Aquan making faces. Iconic. Iconic. Very iconic. Yeah. Mine aren't in that category at all, but thank you for mentioning (laughs) the same sentence. (laughs) Growing up, did you feel beautiful? For me, beauty didn't come until I felt more like a woman. I might have felt pretty yeah. or sexy as seen by maybe the male gaze, depending on, you know, who I was trying to court or who my boyfriend was or whatever it was. But I don't think I felt beautiful until I had confidence. And that didn't come for me until my 30s, really. Really? Mm. So you felt like insecure. What, 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 what was it? Oh, it wasn't that I didn't feel insecure. But I do think the 20s are inherently insecure for yeah, most people. Yeah, true. I totally agree. I'm 30 now and I feel like I'm just really getting in touch with like who I am and how I want to self-present. Yes, 30 is a wonderful turning point. I loved from 30 on. Um, and I turned 40 this year and uh, oh my gosh, I'm excited. Wow. Yeah. You're so young. Oh my God, I'd say it again. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I felt, I believe confidence is beauty and happiness for me. But I also think it was knowing my face and how I look best, like what hair color suited me. I tried, I was blonde for a long time. And then when I went brunette, I'm like, oh, this is how I meant to look. Um, so I think it's figuring out and like growing my eyebrows out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I probably look better the older I get. Yeah. Because, you know, the confidence, but also the mastery. Sure. That's, I feel like that's true for a lot of women. Yeah. Even like celebrities, when you look at like Jennifer Lopez or yeah. Angelina Jolie, it's like yeah. they 
glow up. Yes, we do. We all glow up, but I really think it's tied to confidence. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So you had never worked in beauty and then you found yourself as an editor at Cosmo. How did that happen? (laughs) Uh, Well, I was a journalist, so I was working in mags, but like teen and music mags. And then I applied for a job at a teen mag, but the editor-in-chief was also across, um, which was like Teen Vogue, it was called Dolly. The same editor was across the two and she hired me for Cosmo a few months later based on a CV that had no beauty experience, but just she liked my conversational sort of style of writing and she thought it would be an interesting way to do beauty because even back then, that was 2004, beauty was sort of inherently serious and earnest and a bit boring if I may say so. So yeah, I just came in and had fun with it and sort of learnt with the the reader as I went because I don't know if it's still true, but you don't usually come into a beauty editor job being a master of beauty. You come in sure. and you learn as you go. Absolutely. And I also think that having that beginner's perspective helps a lot because a lot of beauty editors speak like experts already and like they're speaking to experts. Yes. And I get DMs all the time from people being like, what is essence? Like you're talking about what the best essences are, but what is essence? I know. And the acronyms that just fall out of my mouth, I'm like, stop it. Don't assume that people know what that means. Right. So having that like base knowledge and communicating that and learning with your reader is really powerful. Yes. And you only have it for a little time, obviously, because then you do know things. But I like to say that we know a little bit about lots of things. Yes. But I think these days, like consumers these days are so informed. True. Everyone's a beauty editor. True. What What was your favorite part about being a beauty editor and the part that you did not like the most? The whole thing was mad. Like it was wild to me that we were honestly being paid to try nail polishes and lip glosses and we could honestly sit at our desk and do that and no one would bat an eyelid. And, and request whatever product you want. Yes. Well. <laughs> like, hey, Chanel, send yeah. me new lipstick. And of course, when I went to Harper's Bazaar, it got even more ludicrous because we were sent around the world on junkets and for meals and spa. Like it was nuts. What always amazed me was that fashion seemed to get all of the books, movies, the attention, like it was the fashion industry that back then was so exciting to everyone. And I wrote my first novel called Air Kisses in 2006 because I was like, hey, 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 beauty's amazing. Do you guys see what's happening over here? Like, first of all, we had all the ad revenue in the magazines and we had all the power and business. And I was just like, this is just untouched. Of course, now. Now it's all about beauty. (laughs) Yeah, beauty is everything. And I think it was time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get stressed out about the amount of stuff you amassed? course. I'm feeling like the tiniest little bit of it now that brands are starting to send me products. And I'm like, yeah. I only have one face. <laughs> and and you have one skin type. You know? right. so it was, I could never test things competently for oily skin, say, or big pores or whatever, because um, I'm a really dry skin girl. Yep. Same, same, same. Yeah. But we, we didn't list people in, in the team to try it for us. But yeah, that was part of the reason I started my brand because I just had fatigue, product fatigue. And I just was like, I don't want to use 12 steps every day does anyone do that? And so I went the other way and I just started using like two products and then I found a happy medium in the middle. Where's your happy medium now? Well, I use all go-to because I created a brand that I personally wanted. Yes. I'm a very selfish founder. I make what I wish existed and and I like sort of looking at the products that I thought were really useful, but I just wanted to tweak them and make them just, just a bit more that. And I, and I feel, I felt, like I could because I knew what actually worked, having tried so many products for years and years of all types and cost yeah. and efficacy. And I knew it was bullshit and marketing hype and rubbish and, yes. and, and faux science. So I'm so happy to hear you say that because there is so much marketing hype, so much faux science. Yeah. And it feels like, well, for me, I was telling you earlier, go-to felt like this like breath of fresh air for me because <laughs> I was like, one, the tone of voice in terms of the copy and the way that like the products are talked about is 
humorous. Like yeah. it's not too serious. No. It's not taking itself too seriously. And then two, the products are actually good. And the thing, this doesn't seem like that mind blowing, but actually as a consumer and someone who always reads the labels on ingredients, the fact that all of your products have the ingredients written clearly on the product itself, then you go to the website, you can get even more information. Yeah, but a lot of times free. it's like, there's a little booklet that comes in a box that you've obviously thrown out because mm-hmm. you're not that. And that's like how you have to know what's in your facial oil. Like there is so much about goatee skincare that I find to be just revolutionary. Oh, thank you so um, much. What, what gaps did you notice in the market that you were like, I just need, to, if, once I make this line, I need to address these gaps? Yes. Well, the main one was simplicity. I, I knew after the book and because I started blogging in, in 2006 and I had a dialogue for the first time because as a magazine editor back then, that was it. It was one-way traffic. Now, of course, comments, DMs, we all know what everyone's thinking all the time. How did we publicize things before Instagram? Right. What did we do? <laughs> I don't even remember. I honestly don't. Anyway, so I, the main gap that I was trying to fill was the simplicity because I knew that women felt frustrated and confused and intimidated, I would even go as far as to say, by skincare, whether that was at the department store or from their aesthetician or some part in their life where they were just like, I don't know what order, should I be using an eye cream? How do I do it? And I thought I wanted to make a line that just instantly, the minute you pick it up, you could understand it. Because I think with competence comes confidence and also the efficacy and the formulations had to be stunning. So I wanted women and men and children (laughs) to feel uh, like they understood what the product was going to do, what was in it and how to use it. And and they didn't need the middleman anymore. I think having been a beauty editor, I acted as that vessel for so long. But I was like, I could cut me out of that with yeah. this product. Yeah. Um, having said that, we were D2C for the first five years. So, sorry, direct to consumer. So that just meant that whatever you were getting in the package was everything you were going to get. Right. I had so much fun with that copy and that's my true delight is writing. Oh, did you, did you write the copy? Oh yeah. Everything. Oh, that's all your brain. Yes, absolutely. I think I made a brand just to be a copywriter. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so great. Are there any like particular product names or copy lines that you're proud of? Oh, well, I mean, very useful face cream was just me (laughs) constantly saying to my formulator, I just, it just needs to be very useful. Just, I just want a very useful face cream. And, um, so that's stuck and exfoliating swipeys. I'm like, you can't get that wrong. Yeah. It's a little swipey thing, right? So (laughs) let's write it how we say it. Yeah. So everything should be easy to understand when you pick it up. You shouldn't need someone to explain it to you. Yeah. I love that. What is in the very useful face cream? It's basically a really occlusive mix of, of butters and oils. And the thing that stands out is the amla berry in there, which is a really powerful antioxidant. So it has to be something I was like, I want women to be able to wear this under makeup or at night or on a flight. It protects the barrier, seals the skin, and it gives them a lovely boost of antioxidants. And it just feels gorgeous. Yeah. What does occlusive mean in this context? Well, it's like the layer that goes on top. Right? I see. think of it as your lid. In. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got it. Do you feel like consumers that are coming to go to are really well-versed in skincare or do you feel like they're really beginners? Good question. And that has kind of changed only recently. Um, I felt like one of our main pillars was handholding and walking women through. A lot of the time we're like, oh, I've never, you know, could be a mother who's just come out of like having really young children. She's like, right, it's time to look after myself for the first time in years. Where do I begin? Right. And we take her through what her basic daily routine would be. But now that we're in Mecca, um, back in Australia, and we were in Sephora here, it's a more sophisticated consumer. So we have people who know exactly how to look after their skin and they know exactly what they're looking for in the ingredient listing and they know what nicinamide is and they know how to use it. So 
we're now walking the line between the two and probably our new oil cleanser is the perfect fancy um, face fancy oh, face yeah face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love I mean I obviously love it I'm very biased don't listen to me but yeah so it's it's a bit of a sophisticated step because it's like a double cleanse product but it's also we're gonna educate our customer and make her feel really able to use it. Yes. It's really simple. Yes. I was so honored and flattered to even be asked to be part of the fancy really? campaign. Yes. Thank you. Well, because I'm very selective about like brand partnerships that I do because I feel like Good. I have to really like the product. Yeah. And your team only approached me after I'd been raving about the go-to face hero oh, oil. Good. Because yes. I, you know, and so they were like, okay, we know you love the product already. We'd love to send this to you for you yeah. to try it. And then, you know, based on your experience, we'd love for you to be part of this campaign. But I don't have like on my um, account, Naked Beauty Planet, I don't have like a huge, huge audience, but I feel like the people that are there are very tapped. Like they, yes. they trust my opinion and I, I take that trust very seriously. And we love that because we'd much rather have 500 really engaged people who love what you say and what you do and how you do it and who are genuinely into skincare than you having a million followers, but they're not really there for that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we're very happy with that. And we love that you're selective. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. And so many people wrote to me, loved the product, but they also were like, I never felt comfortable using oil on my face before. Yeah. I think people are really afraid to use oil on their face, especially people that have oily skin. Which is a shame because it can be so balancing. And this, I love the education piece because I was a beauty editor for so long and it was my joy to recommend things and help people feel comfortable trying new things. But we say like, just because your skin is oily doesn't mean it's deeply dehydrated. And, and the right oils, and I do believe Fancy Phase is the right oil for an oily skin, can come in there and balance out, you know, take away the dirty oils and put in the good oils and nourish you so that over time we actually have a lot of women writing to us now saying, my skin is better over time as well as in that moment of yes, cleansing. So it's yes. balancing the oil and calming it down. One of my favorite things about GoTo is, first of all, the feedback, but just how calming and nourishing and soothing we are as a line. And I think in a time where a lot of people are using very high strength acids, say, and yes. you know, your retinols and your HAs and things like that, which is fine. We're a really nice base to come back to, like a hug. Absolutely. <laughs> Just calm you down and soothe you and look after your barrier, which is all really important stuff and part of the picture. I yeah. Think, so can we talk a little bit more about looking after your barrier? Because I've only recently learned that you can actually damage your acid mantle barrier. (laughs) I'd love for you to explain exactly what that means. Oh, I I mean, what I can tell you is that you don't get finite amount of skin. You can't exfoliate forever. (laughs) So I do worry that, you know, especially a really young skin, you know, we've got teenagers in early twenties using extremely strong glycolics and, and BHAs every day which will disrupt that barrier and it will make it sensitized and taut and shiny and thin and you don't come back from that. Yeah. So we really encourage less is more. We make an AHA product, but it's exfoliating swipies, which are lactic acid, which are really good for sensitive skin and it's hydrating as well as exfoliating. And that was a deliberate choice because I just think when we're playing with acids, you have to be so careful as a manufacturer, but also as a consumer. Absolutely. So we want to get that that skin barrier healthy, essential fatty acids. We've got them through everything. And Face Hero is our best-selling product because I think what people realize is that it it sort of instantly helps. With yes. Them. Oh, those nut oils. Yeah. Is it macadamia nut oil yes. that's in it? And barichi, which is from an Amazonian nut, which is the star, which gives it that beautiful color. 
it's hugely anti-inflammatory and it's, I know we're not allowed to say that, but it's known for its anti-inflammatory properties. Why, why aren't you allowed to say that? Uh, just claims wise. Oh, I see. I know. see. But, yeah. but anyone who does the research can like, that is you an anti-inflammatory oil. It is. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. And as an, as a plant and as a nut and as a seed and as an oil, it is. And that's why people with skin conditions like rosacea and so on find it so nourishing and soothing. I like to say that if your skin's being bitchy, we will help you. Yes. Like if it's sunburn, if it's scratch, my daughter is a toddler and she scratches me sometimes and I just put face hero all over and it calms it right down. Yeah. It takes the heat out. Yeah. And the price point I think is very accessible. Yeah. It, it feels That's, so luxurious. Again, not a mistake. I, I think, you know, looking after your skin shouldn't be treated as a luxury, but it also I think should extend beyond the supermarket if you can. It is an investment. It's, yeah. It's, and always take it down to your boobs. That's one of my favorite, you know, your face stops at your boobs. Don't stop here. Ah, yeah. I, so I stop at my collarbone. You go down to, down to nipple. <laughs> I don't say nipple, but yeah, I go down to, I guess I mean the top yeah. of the cleavage. Yeah. Because if you think about what you wear. True. For now and even into your seventies, you'll have low necks, you'll have top. You don't, just wear skivvies every day, like turtlenecks. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of the thing. SPF, exfoliants, everything should go down to the. Really? I think so. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that makes sense. It makes sense. You might not want to use your high strengths down there, but certainly your moisturizing and your cleansing and your SPF. Okay, I feel newly inspired. Like my skin. <laughs> Maybe you need to further. do it in your dressing gown before you get dressed, and then you're like all the way down. Yeah, you get great. a lot of wrinkles there. Yeah. No, I'm I a know. side sleeper, and I get so many boob wrinkles. Because, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I just really got into putting SPF on my hands, like on the tops of my hands. That's good. That's a good start. Because I was just kind of overlooking that. Yeah. You know, and your hands are like, they say the first thing that to show signs of aging. Yeah. Um, I always think about Karl Lagerfeld. He wore those gloves. And, you know, <laughs> is so that like, why he wore them? Well, because the neck and the hands are the things that show aging. So his neck was always covered and his I hands are always covered. I did not realize that. <laughs> and of course he had the big sunglasses, so. He was kind of I, did, I would not ageless think Carl and sun safety. In <laughs> but there you go. So Zoe, you've written nine books. Do you plan on writing more books in the future? Yes. I just need the time. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my... Because you're a mother as well. Yes. I have two small children and I wrote a children's picture book, my most recent book. It actually just came out here in the States called No One Likes a Fart, which oh. uh, tells you a little bit about my sense of humor. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to get back into fiction. It's just hard when you have young children in business, like the, to be able to write a narrative, it just seems so foreign to me now, but that's my goal is to get back into fiction. What time do you wake up? Are you one of these like 5am? No, okay. No, no, Because no. I feel like all these like very successful entrepreneurs that are also moms are like, I wake up when the sun does. I feel like I should though. I think that's where it's got to hit because my brain works best in the morning. Yeah. And that's when I used to do my best flow writing, like non-email, like actual writing. But my children are up at 6.30. So that's when the day begins. Yeah. <laughs> and I just can't do 5.30 because I can't get to bed that early because when the kids go to bed, it's the only time you get to like have a drink with your husband and yeah. watch your show. Live your life. Yeah. Ooh, what, are, what are your favorite shows? Oh, where do we begin? Was all the people here in America have been like, you got to watch Love is Blind. You have to watch Love is Blind. <laughs> yes, I just have started to. that. Weirdly enough, there's a show on Netflix called Formula One. Oh. Yeah, I know. I don't care. About, about cars? Car racing, exactly. <laughs> okay. I don't care about that at all, but it's just a really well-told story about, you know, all these Formula One racing boys. They're young, they've got big egos, they're handsome, they're racing. It's like, it's a, it's just an excellently made show. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't. I just think it's good TV. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Are there tips from your first book, Amazing Face, that you feel like people always like come back to you on or like you feel like really resonate? Because I, I feel like you had so many great makeup tips in that book. I'm also like a big makeup fan. Yes. Um, I love skincare, but I love makeup too. And I love that you like both. Yes. Because I feel like some people are just like skincare only. I don't care oh, about makeup. No, I love hair equally too. Yeah. Yeah. You love it all. I don't care about the body stuff, but the, anything <laughs> for me is yeah. exciting. Yeah. What what are some of like the makeup tips that you gave in that book that people just always come back to you or like you feel like you see recycled a lot? Oh gosh. It's stuff, unfortunately, that I think is probably better explained in YouTube, like, you know, blush placement, how to do bronzer in the like the three, how to do a smoky eye yeah. that will last, yeah. tight lining, you know, inner rim, like think, lighter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, stuff that you feel like it's just Everyone knows it now. No, I think that's a great tip. So putting like a lighter color eyeliner or like a beigey yeah. color on your inner waterline to make you look more awake. That's a great tip. But every time I get my makeup done by a makeup artist, I feel like I learn something new. And I was like, I feel like my eyes are getting more hooded the older I get, which happens. And so my eyeshadow technique has to change. So I'm like, you tubing, like, how do I do it? Yeah. But I've forgotten about tightlining for so long. Wait, what's tightlining? Oh, tightlining is just where you lift up your lash and it's the inner lash. Up oh, there. oh. So it's like that inner lash line up there. But I had taken off my lash extensions to test Fancy Face for the last year because yes. you have to be able to get in there and rub it off and you can't do extensions for that. And suddenly I put liner up in there and again, I'm like, oh my God, it boosts the lashes. It totally. frames the eye. Totally. Like, how have I not been doing this for the last five years? Yeah. And I love that. And it's such a basic trick, one that I used to write about and I'd forgotten it. But I think it's important to remember your face changes, mm-hmm. seasons change, products change, tech changes, advice changes, and try not to get stuck in a rut. Absolutely. That'd be the main one. And that's the theme of the hot book. Like, keep updating. Yes. Keep learning new stuff. Yeah. And and also like to not be afraid. No. To try things. What's the worst that can happen? You just wash it off. I know. I always try something new right when I don't have time. Do you find that? Like <laughs> I pull out a new recipe when I'm having people over for dinner. I'm like, why would I do that? And same with makeup. I'm like, oh, hmm, that's I want to do euphoria makeup and I have three minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> that's an interesting like psychological thing. Like you challenge yourself in like, the stage <laughs> you highest. Yes. Interesting. That I, is. I, I haven't heard that. that. Oh, it's ridiculous. Don't maybe, do it. maybe something to explore. Maybe <laughs> Shifting gears a bit, sustainability, such a buzzword, but you've always been a big proponent for sustainability. Yes. Why do you think it's so important? I think, you know, I, I sometimes talk to friends and younger girls and, and guys about their business idea. And I'm almost jealous of them because if you're launching a business in 2020 or 2021, you just need to start on that note. Like we launched in 2014, but we now we've spent year or two years even trying to get our packaging and our our everything right so that it is a long-term genuinely sustainable move instead of just like doing quick fixes back end as well like making sure that when things arrive from china they don't have singular packaging around each bottle and things like that that's almost educating the supplier being carbon neutral what does being carbon neutral mean? I've been, I've wanted Good to question. ask you that. Yeah, I think it's something that's worth doing, but I personally am not I mean, it's offsetting essentially. So we have someone come in and audit twice a year what we use and everyone in the company has to fill out a survey, you know, how do they get to work, what do they do, all the waste and all that stuff. And then you pay, you offset for the company, like what we're doing in terms of air freight and shipping and everything and each person as well. So I think it's a good start. Mm -hmm. I think if we all did that, would possibly have a difference. So who do you make the payment to? We trust these guys to do this for us. We pay yep. our fees, as it were, and then we trust them to do. We also have a conservation charity partner because we're trying to give back. I mean, tree planting is obviously a very big topic in Australia right now, so we're, we're doing that. And, yeah, we, we, we're trying to make 
sustainability more a just a way of business for us right. instead of like just trying to do it for marketing or because sure. a customer has asked. The thing that is most frustrating about it, I think, is the customer impatience um, and not understanding that it's one of those scenarios where every time you think you're going one step forward, you're going three back. So it's like you can't trust the guys doing the recycling right now because that whole industry is lacking tech and insight. Yeah. I I feel like I've like learned things about recycling in the past year that I like didn't want to know that like, we're like all like basically not recycling. It's so depressing. Yeah. It's really depressing. So then we're like, great. Well, we won't worry about end of life so much. We will worry about what we're putting into the world and make sure it's already Mm -hmm. had a life. Mm -hmm. But then when you're working with products with low or natural preservatives, the efficacy and safety and the stability is paramount. So everything has to sit in stability for a whole year before Mm -hmm. we can launch it. So it takes time but we want to do it right. And we also want to be in a position where, sure, we'll use ocean, ocean waste plastic now if that's the right choice, but I think tech will change so fast in the yeah. world. And I'm looking to the big companies to make a move. I'm looking to the PNGs and the Unilevers and so on because if they do it and they're putting in those huge quantity orders, us little guys can bring yes. it back in. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, that's a great you know, point. It's a bit chicken or the egg in the Yeah. Moment. And your interest in natural beauty, like I think one of the things that stands out so much about GoTo Skincare is that you guys use natural ingredients, but you also educate the consumer on the power of natural ingredients. Has that just always been, because I feel like in the beauty, like I've had to like almost go outside of the beauty industry and like study like Ayurvedic beauty Mm. and like, I'm not getting that from like Harper's Bazaar, like what are the best (laughs) natural, you know, like I feel like I've had to like really seek that information out. How did you come to learning about natural beauty? It's a good question. And I'm, I'm not a purist by any standards. Like if you look at my makeup kit, I'm not oh, using same. all, all yeah. like I use what works. Yeah. <laughs> but for me as a, as a person who's presenting a brand and manufacturing and asking people to put things on their face, it was very important to me to make sure it was safe. So we almost came clean by default. Clean is probably the marketing catch-all for natural and all of those sorts of things now. But for us, it was more about making sure that when it got to the consumer, it wouldn't irritate her skin and we wouldn't be dealing with people having rashes. Mm. (laughs) So I was just like my formulator who had had, you know, years and years of experience in organic and natural skincare anyway, it was second nature to him. It was just obvious what to put in, what not to put in. So that was almost like an afterthought. I was like, I know what I want in in my moisturizer. It has to be full of antioxidants. It has to be really emollient. I know what sensory I want from it. And we could easily achieve that with botanicals. There was no need to look outside of it. Right. So right. for us, it was just like the formulation works. It's safe. It's got nothing irritating. You can read the ingredients and know what they all are. There's nothing spooky and long in there. Yeah. And I feel hand on heart okay with sending that out in the mail <laughs> to yes. people and, and making sure that they're not going to send it back. And, you know, we do have a money back guarantee because we, we believe in our products, but I just didn't want to have that headache. Yeah. No, that's really important. What are some of your favorite oils? Verici is probably my favorite oil. That's the one that makes face hair so amazing. I grew up with a mum who just used rosehip oil, sweet almond and jojoba. Rosehip oil was the the reason, the impetus behind face hero, but um, rosehip oil can often be rancid by the time mm. you open it or use it because it's not glassed properly or it hasn't been put in the right spot in your house or it yeah. hasn't had supporting yeah. I keep mine in my refrigerator. That's nice. Yeah. So we've got 10 oils in Face Hero. We wanted to make it like a – I was like, what can I do that's like rosy oil but on Red Bull? <laughs> like it really powerful yeah. and um, it, it's it's a gorgeous oil. I love face oils, always have. Yeah. Sweet almond oil is also very underrated. Very underrated. Macadamia as well, which is yeah. oil, kiwi seed, fruit, passion flower. 
calendula. We, we're very good at oils. And Fancy yeah. Face has got lots of camellia oil, sunflower oil, lovely nourishing oils that are also really good at dissolving dirt and debris. But our skincare benefits mm-hmm. are there as well. And also don't cause breakouts because I have used oils that have caused me awful breakouts and I feel like I haven't. It's always that. It's the formula. Yeah. yeah. It's always, you know, oils are not oils. Yeah. <laughs> They're all different. How long does, how long does it take to test a product before you arrive at like the hero? Like, okay, this is the one I want to put out into the world. Some are really fast. I think the oils are really fast because we know what we want in there and, and the blend is, seems to be a bit easier. I'm very pedantic with fragrance. Um, I think we're we do lovely fragrance. Yeah, your product smells so good. Yeah, and it was never – some people are like, can you do a fragrance-free version? I'm like, unfortunately, I can't because to me it's such a huge – the olfactory experience with a It's with part a of the experience. But yeah. can we also talk about this anti-fragrance movement that I feel like, again, it's like out of nowhere. Like people think that if something has fragrance, it's automatically bad for your skin. Nothing is black or white. I know. And it's all done – you know, the dose, the formulation, the pH. There are so many elements in everything – to make a product. So we use derivatives of essential oils and we right. use very it's natural fragrance. It yeah. is no synthetics, but I'm not taking them out. They make yeah, the product. I agree. And they build a relationship for the consumer. You know, fancy faces become a nighttime ritual for people. They smell it. They know, great, nighttime, I can switch off. Yes. And that muslin cloth. Yes. So nice. <laughs> Such a lovely Someone thing. asked me a great question. She said she doesn't wear, she got fancy face anyway, but yeah. she was like, but I don't wear makeup. Oh, and I was like, it's okay. yeah, but as, but you're, if you're Do you a live listener, in New York City? Yeah, you're, it's filthy out there. <laughs> pollution and sunscreen. And sunscreen. That's Which, a thing. Yeah. And I love that it runs the gamut of like, if you're 18 and you love baking, contouring, primers, yeah. and all of that layering and, and all your serums, you have to get that off. Yeah. One of the reasons we made it is because we have a zinc product back home and we were just finding we couldn't get it off with just a mousse. But also if you're using sunscreen, you're having a beach day and you're reapplying four times, yuck, get it off. So the SPF message is really strong, but the removal message is still yet to be discovered, right. I think. Yeah, it's hard to get that stuff off with a water-based cleanser. I don't know that much about the racial makeup of Australia, but I, I do think it's really great that you have so many dark skin models on the website and that you use on social to demonstrate the products because it feels like it's for everyone. Of course, it should. Um, but a lot, of, I mean, you're saying, of course, it should, but a lot of skincare brands don't do that. Uh, yeah. It, well, it's skin. You know, yeah. everyone has skin, everyone needs to cleanse and moisturize. And we want to make sure that everyone feels represented, but skin is universal. Like w- w- one of the things we did, for example, is we launched a men's line with exactly the same formulas as the women's line because yeah. it's skin. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so much marketing that goes into separating the two genders, for example, but at the end of the day, we all just need to cleanse and moisturize. Yeah. yeah. So, Does your husband use the go-to product? Yeah, he uses the Brotu. So that's our men's range. Oh, Brotu. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lovely naming. Yes. Started as a joke, but actually it goes quite well. So we're going to um, rebrand and relaunch that. That's great. Properly. My husband does not believe in facial oils. He's like, don't put oil on my face. And it makes me so sad. It is sad. My husband uses beard oil as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know. I try to get my husband into oils, but he's like afraid. Just sneak it on him when he's sleeping. Um. I know. I know. He's <laughs> he's mad at me though at the moment because I tested a retinol product on him and he literally broke out in a rash. Oh, okay. Well, retinol is something else. And he's like, literally. <laughs> he needs the oil afterwards I to know. I know. I was like, I have a few things that I want to like treat and calm everything down. And he's like, do not ever touch my face. I've lost a bit of trust, trust at the moment. Um, okay. Beauty culture in Australia. How is it different? 
you come you come to the states a lot. Yeah, I would imagine you're probably in New York and LA mostly. Yeah, that's it. So okay. I don't know if it's a true indication of the whole country, but I feel like in New York, for example, it it does feel a bit more aggressive, like uh, a lot more of the acids and that you know the P50, <laughs> like yeah, that sort of which stuff. I'm not a fan of. Which it's way people, too strong for me. Yeah, people like get mad at me. They're like. <laughs> You, you don't like it and I'm it's, like I just it's not for me it's, that's it and it's yeah. definitely an effective product like no one's saying it doesn't work yeah it's just not for it, you it's just like for me if it's going to smell that way and it's going to be that expensive like it's just you know what I mean like there are true. we have other options yeah, yeah we have other options yeah. and there are lots lots of those trainers out there now I think Australia, like we love our modalities and we love our like dermaplaning micro like we, all the needling and everything but I think we still put massage in there and the this mm. the nice sensory moments of it as well. I think you could probably split it like probably most countries into like the more pampering and organic sort of lovely botanical experience. And then there's that I have an event coming up and that's usually me. <laughs> Can we please do a lactic with some laser genesis or some microneedling because I just need to shift this pigmentation and have bright glowy skin. Yeah. So it's not necessarily enjoyable, but I see the results. Yeah. And then I, I think what we do is like I certainly educate women and men to go, if you can get a, a full-on salon service even a couple of times a year, then everything at home works a lot better. Okay. So you're a big believer in this. What What do you think is like, if you are going to get a salon service, what should you get? Clean your skin. Yeah. <laughs> like get them to use what they can to get a really mm-hmm. thorough clean and then put things back in. Yeah. So that not that the essence of all skincare? Totally. Like we're cleaning things yeah. out and then we're putting, infusing better things in. But also it depends on what your skin's going through. Like after children, a lot of women get melasma and that's certainly my battle is trying to get yeah. What is melasma? Oh, well, hyperpigmentation. So brown spots and circles yeah. and, and uneven skin tone. And it, What do you think is best for hyperpigmentation? Well, I use vitamin C every day. I think brightening. We've got niacinamide in our sheet mask, which really makes a very obvious difference. I love sheet masks. Yeah, me too. Good. Great. They're so good. Pre-event, yeah, post-hangover, really good. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, I mean, retinol is obviously going to do some good work and AHAs. It just depends how hardcore you want to go, really. Well, it's a perfect transition to your top three favorite. You can, see, you can say your top three favorite <laughs> beauty products or your favorite beauty trends. Oof. Um, I love anything to do with brows. I probably have more brow products than okay. I need. You have great brows. Thank you. Well, there's probably about 10 minutes to spend on them today. <laughs> well, people that have great brows, as I've learned, especially as I talk to makeup artists, you have to spend time on it. You, you can't do. just like crayon them in. No, I think you should probably put the same amount of time into your eyebrows as your eyeshadow. Do it properly and it will last all day. And it will so, what it, so what do you do? What's Having process? said that, if you can just get a tint, then it makes everything easier. Oh, you know, I just pencil it in and then brush them up and then set them. It shouldn't take okay. that long. Okay. What do you use? Oh, everything. <laughs> I, um, I just hit CVS and I bought all these new ones. I love... The tiny micro pencils for feather stroking. Yeah. I love the pomades with a brush. I love setting it with a gel. We love um, soap in Australia, brow soap, which is oh, yeah. so good. Like everyone's really into the fluffy brows in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so brows, certainly. Obviously, I love dewy skin. I hate powder. Same. I would much rather look shiny than old and creepy and cakey, which yeah. may being a dry skin person, that happens. Yeah. And it's so funny because girls that have oily skin are like always trying to be mad. Yes. And I feel like girls with dry skin are like, I literally want to look like a glazed donut at yeah, all times. Glazed donut's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, oils, I will often just touch up with Face Hero through the day. And then I love, at the moment, I love matte crayons, like even just using a liner by itself a matte liquid lipstick, a matte 
you know, just something matte on the lips. I feel like it's a bit of a riff on the nineties look. I like mattes on the eyes. Like I'm, I'm yeah. trying to be, I got rid of my lash extensions and stopped the lash lifts. I just wanted to be a bit more paired back. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I could never get into the lash extensions. It was just a little too high maintenance for me. I did for two years straight. Yeah. Uh, it's addicting. Oh my gosh. Because you get used to seeing your eyes like that. Yeah. And then you don't have it and you're like, oh, I somehow like look less pretty, you know? Yeah. You having felt, these, yeah. yeah. But then I look at photos, I'm like, that were too much. <laughs> like, I'm sure they were beautiful. <laughs> you and I also love a brown shadow. Like yeah. I feel like whenever I look at your makeup, Especially, always brown. You always have, but it's like a, but it's like a multi-dimensional brown. It's like you're mixing lots of <laughs> just browns. cream shadows. I think they're the best fake. You can just use one cream crayon, and it looks like you've done like all this blending. Oh, really? Yeah. Any good sh- like cream shadows you recommend? I've been using Laura Mercier at the moment. You know, Max always a good one. But even like drugstore, like Maybelline, no mm-hmm. problem. Like yeah. whatever's going really. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever get into makeup? I would love if GoTo did makeup. It's very kind of you. I feel like there are people doing a really good job of it already. <laughs> and I but don't know if I could do it better. That's with everything, right? And I do feel like there's a huge gap in the market for like, because my skincare is clean, but my makeup is not because I'm like, I want I want the NARS. I want the yeah. Pat McGrath. Yeah, like, I want like the good <laughs> stuff. But if I could find clean makeup that delivered and was effective, I would go for it. I think it. it's out there. I think it's getting a lot better. Okay. We need to detox and, market and bought some. I'm like, this is good stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like there, there are a few brands. I like Kosas. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I think Kosas is nice. Just doing clever, gorgeous packaging and yeah. nice stuff. Yeah. But that, that's sort of my point. I'm like, if I see brands out there killing it and doing a great job, I'm like, I couldn't do better than that. Yeah. I think hair would probably be the next natural extension, okay. but we've got the kids range now. So we're working through that and adding more to that. And I still have so many more skin essentials, I think, before I feel like, oh, okay, well, I can move into yeah. the arena. I love your body oil too. The exceptional, thank exception you. oil. Exceptional. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the kids body oil is even better. I shouldn't say that, but try it. Okay. It's really good. I will look into that. <laughs> Are there areas, other markets you want to go into? I feel like you had your like big US launch. What was it like a year, two years yeah. ago? Um, no, the US is a big one for okay. us. So we feel like it's a really good brand fit. It's the same sensibility. People are very interested in clean over here and, and fun. And, and yeah, so it feels natural for us to just keep doing a good job here for a while. And also Australia, we still have so much to do over there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're keeping us pretty busy. Okay. Yeah, I know you're like <laughs> doing all the things. Um, your three biggest beauty mistakes and how you've learned from them. The brows in the early 2000s. Over plucking. Oh, I mean, I was going every two weeks and getting them waxed and they were like, <laughs> like tiny little pencil things. So it took me ages to grow them out. I feel like everyone looks younger with yeah. Big, thicker brows, yeah. if possible, if you can get them grown out. Or do microblading, which I have to do because I Oh, you do that? Grow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too scared that it would fade out to a red or a green. Oh, no, no, no. If you go to a good place. A good place, happen, yeah. yeah. I definitely want to do it. I have gaps. But you don't, you know, you don't need well, it. Well, not today I don't because yeah. I've been done properly <laughs> but in real life. And then um, beauty mistakes, so many. I... I did Japanese straightening. Remember when it was, you know, like mm, chemically straightened, chemically straightened my hair in a little amazing Japanese salon, but I'd sit there for eight hours and just get it straightened back in the 2000s. Yeah. And I then, remember. That yeah. Time. I think still the foundation thing. I think it's important. I think I still get that wrong. Like the color, if I've been using a lot of brightening products, I have to have a foundation just for that time. Yes. And also there's this thing called the Eagle where you have a a, a wider, brighter face because you've been doing all your acids and then you have a tan body because you've been using self-tanner, which is <laughs> we live for self-tanner and stay. So quite often I'm very tan on the body and then I've got this very <laughs> luminous 
yeah, it's a tricky one. You just got to match it. I don't care which way you go, but yeah. you got to match it. Yeah. I feel like I've been getting into doing my makeup without foundation lately, like just doing nice. concealer. Yes. And actually something that you touch on in your book, color corrector. Yeah. That so that's, many makes pe- a difference. So many people just don't. Well, they want the concealer to do all the heavy lifting, but the concealer is matching to your skin tone, not the dark circle. Exactly. exactly. Also, one thing I used to tell, even in the book, I'm like, do this big triangle under your eye. But now I'm getting older and there are lines there. I'm like, just do it in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like concealer is enough. You don't need to do foundation. It's a good point. And, and that's true as well. If your skin is in good enough shape. It's true. But also be very wary of like YouTube tutorials where there's a massive ring light and they're putting concealer everywhere because it's not a true indication of their skin. (laughs) Everything about YouTube tutorials uh, be wary of. Um, So this is my final question. I ask everyone who has ever been on Naked Beauty, when do you feel most beautiful? On holiday. Okay. Usually I I like to holiday theme dress. So I'm usually in a very colorful, bright dress and it's going to be sunny and I'm with my family, my kids and my husband. And I might not be wearing a scrap of makeup, but I feel, I feel happy. I feel confident. I feel like I don't have to do anything. Yes. So where where do you holiday? Somewhere warm? Yes. So um, this year we're going to Greece, um, which I love so much. I mean, Corona notwithstanding. Uh, right. So that Greek sunshine just brings out another side of me. I yeah. just feel like I'm a lion, like I'm a Leo. So I like to. Like I'm a Leo too. <laughs> I'm a Leo too. And yes, like I, I totally relate to like being in the sun on vacation is just like a whole mood. And, and no email, you know, like you're just walking around. The biggest thing you got to do is which ice cream flavor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Great life. Thank you so much, Zoe, for My gracing pleasure. Naked Beauty and sharing all of your knowledge with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a thrill. We feel very lucky to be here. And thank you for being so kind and generous to go oh to. Oh gosh, of course. Of course. All right, guys. Thank you so much thank for listening. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, wasn't Zoe wonderful? I have so many takeaways from this episode, but I'm going to give you guys my kind of top, top takeaways because Zoe covered so much. So the first takeaway has to be this idea of your skincare being nourishing and soothing. How big it is to really look after your barrier. If you disrupt your skin's barrier, there's no coming back. Acids and overexfoliation can really damage your skin's barrier. Glycolics and BHAs are things you have to be really careful about. I loved when Zoe said, you don't have infinite skin. It's not this like infinite resource that you can just regenerate over and over again. You have to protect your skin. And part of that is by being 
kind to it. So there have been times in my life where I have overexfoliated, I've used too many AHAs, BHAs. That's something that you want to really do sparingly. The other takeaway from her that just blew my mind and I need to just practice more of, I've been doing it since we talked, but this idea that your face stops at your boobs. This was major for me. So taking exfoliants and SPFs and moisturizers and cleansers all the way down to your boobs, because that's skin that's exposed all the time and it's ages and all of the things that you want to do for your face makes sense to do for your clavicle and chest. So I loved that tip. I also loved her tip about tight lining eyeliner. That's basically going to help you boost the eye and the lashes. That's basically on your inner lash line, like lifting up your eye a little bit and adding eyeliner there. I also love just her idea about staying updated about your approach to makeup and not being afraid, just trying new things and trying new trends as they come up. We also talked about the fact that nothing is black and white when it comes to fragrances. I know a lot of people even people in this community that are really against fragrances and skincare. And I will be honest with you guys, I don't quite understand it. Of course, synthetic fragrance is bad. You want to avoid synthetic fragrances, but fragrances that are derived from essential oils can be wonderful. Frankincense is a wonderful smelling essential oil, and it's used in a lot of skincare products that I love. But just this idea that fragrance isn't categorically bad. Now, we all have different skin and our skin reacts in different ways, but I would really implore you guys to not be afraid of essential oil-derived fragrances in skincare. And then the two last takeaways I have from Zoe are actually makeup-related. Now, I love a skincare girl who also loves makeup because you guys know I love makeup. Cream shadows are just phenomenal, and she's a big fan of cream shadows. She recommends Laura Mercier or MAC or even drugstore cream shadows like Maybelline. I love a brown cream shadow. And clean makeup, Zoe and I both love this clean beauty brand, Kosas, K-O-S-A-S. They have an amazing 10-second eyeshadow that's wonderful. It almost looks like a lip gloss wand, and you apply it over your whole eyelid, and it's like an incredible high-impact color. Beautiful. Final makeup tip she shared, don't sleep on color corrector. You can't expect your concealer to do all of the heavy lifting. This is something I have very dark circles under my eyes. I always have. If you look back to pictures of me, even when I was you know, 11 years old, I've always had dark circles. I discovered color corrector late in the game. Don't be like me. Color corrector makes a big, big difference because of my skin tone and the dark circles I have. I use like an orangey, peachy color corrector. And then I go in with my concealer if I really want full coverage. Now, I don't do that every day. That is for special occasions, but it makes a huge difference. You can use all of the concealer in the world, but it won't necessarily erase your dark circles unless you're using a color corrector. So I love that she shared that tip. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will be back next week with a new interview. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 